Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey Life Church, hope that all of you are doing well. Before I start with this morning's message, I want to ask all of you, would you be willing just to quiet things down for a moment where you are? Where you're watching this, uh, and I want to ask you if if you will join me, um, and I, I want to pray for us, and I would like for you to agree with this prayer, because I really believe it's God's heart for the church. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you love us, and that you are the one who's leading us. And you are leading us personally, Lord. And you're leading us as your body across the world. God, you are good. And your plans for us, they are good plans, Lord. And God, your ways are good. And your ways are always driven from love. Father, I want to ask that you will please forgive us. Forgive us for when we have not represented who you are and what you are for appropriately to this world and to our friends and to our neighbors and to our children. But God, I also know that, that your grace, your undeserved favor is enough to turn any situation of failure in this life into something that is beautiful and life-giving. So, Father, I ask that you will give us, your, your children, the humility that we need to ask for forgiveness for those that we have wronged, the grace that I know that will change dreadful and tragedy circumstances into life, that you will give us the wisdom that we need and the love and the forgiveness we need in this current world that we are all living in. Holy Spirit, you're our guide. You're our helper. Guide us. Lead us. So that in everything we do, that we will bring glory and honor to our Father. He does not deserve anything bad on who he is based on our actions because he's only good. So lead us, Lord, that our lives will represent who you are. Our desire, my desire, I know your body's desire is to lead people to you, Lord, because it's the best place where they can be. Let our lives speak of your goodness. Let our lives speak of the trust we have in you. Let our lives speak of the love that we have for you. We pray this in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I hope that you prayed with me. And, and, and I just want to declare this morning that as God's children, we are called to be a light. We are called to lead people towards God. 
and in all our actions, I just pray that you will use wisdom and then and, and that anger and emotions will not drive you or stir you to make the wrong decisions. Uh, will not stir you to, to, to leave relationships and break relationships, but that with everything that you've got in you, you will work towards restoration of relationship. And I hope that you can agree with that. And we are 10 days into 2021, 10 days into it. And, and things seem a little bit rough out there. And for those of you that don't know what's going on, great. <laughs> it's a good thing. Don't dive in too much of, of it. But there's a lot, lot of stuff that's happening right now in the world that is causing a lot of heartache and pain. And there's separation and destruction. And those things shouldn't be there. But I want you to know, as God's children... Remind yourself every single day that I am fighting from victory against an enemy that is in the unseen. And even though the problems in front of me, the, that's visible in front of me, um, those are the things that's coming at me. Know that your fight and your standing firm is against an enemy that is in the unseen. And if, if you want to remain in that victory, and I want you to remain in the victory, make sure that you are wearing the right clothes. You are dressed appropriately. Make sure you've got the belt of truth, God's truth regarding every situation. Make sure you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of your salvation. And what we are talking about right now, make sure that you've got the sword of the spirit. You need the right dress code for the times that we are living in, in order not just to survive, but to thrive in life and to lead others towards God also. So in Ephesians 6, 17, it says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, this is a good timing word. This is a word that you need today. It's like God knows exactly what we need and he gives us the right instruction at the right time. So here's a quick recap of where we are at in regards to the sword of the spirit. The Greek word for sword here, yeah, the word sword, it's, it's the word that is used for a dagger. It's an 18 inch dagger. Remember the Roman soldiers had two swords, they had the long sword and the short one. Right here, the sword of the Spirit is for those up close and personal in your face battles that are happening. And I want you to know there will be up close and in your face battles in 2021. And you need this weapon to change if your life in 2020 has been hard and even before. If there's nothing that you can be thankful for, for 2020, you are the one that needs this weapon more than anybody else. But we all need it. Now remember this. If you want to fix the visible, what's happening in your life, you have to address the invisible and spiritual. Failure to address the invisible cause of the problem has led to most and probably all of our problems in our lives to remain. Paul says the following. Paul says our fight is not against flesh and blood but against evil principalities in the heavenly realms. So if the problem is spiritual, we need a weapon that can fight in that realm. It is a sword 
of the Spirit. He says it is the tool the Spirit uses. It's the tool he uses in the supernatural realm to address what is happening in the visible world that is manifesting in the visible world, but its origin is in the spiritual. So, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, we looked at the word word of God is the sword of the spirit. But for the word word in the Greek, there are three different words that you can use for that. There's the word graphe, logos, and rhema. Graphe is the Greek word used for writings. It means the writings, the scriptures, the Bible. Graphe. Logos, there is logos. Logos goes further than graphe. Logos is the message that is written in the graphe. It is the message content of the Bible. Logos, the message, is very powerful. The Logos is the message that is given by the Graphe, the 66 books written, put together in the Bible. We get the Logos from that. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, you need more than Graphe and you need more than a good Logos, a message on Sunday, because those are not too... Not, are, are not the words that he uses in the passage where he says the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's not graphe and it's not logos. It is rhema. You need the logos from the graphe uttered. You need the logos from the graphe spoken. Rhema. Now, why do you want to rhema the Logos, and you have to get this. This is, this is key. Because of the intrinsic, the inborn nature of Logos, the inborn qualities that's in Logos, because of that, let, let me show you. In Hebrews 4, he speaks about the Logos, and this is what he says in Hebrews 4. He says, for the word, the Logos the message, this is the word used, for the word, the logos of God is alive and active. And it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So he says, if you get the message, like the logos, we get the logos away from the graphic. When you get the message, not just have the book, but when you get the message from the book, that message is living. It is alive. Now it's not just the book. Now it is alive. The message, the Logos is alive. What you are receiving right now, what you are listening to right now, this is the message from the graphe. And this message, it is alive and it is active. It is alive and active. It's like your sword is in your sword holder and it's like it's it's almost like it's shaking, just waiting for you to pull it out. It's alive and active. And it's not only alive and active, but it, it has energy behind it. It's living and active. The, the, the message is living and it and it's sharp. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The logos message is sharper. It, it's like a blade that has can cut you on both sides. It can cut this way and it can cut that way. It can cut both ways. That's the logos of God. And, and I want you, I want you to get this. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Andreas, 
Um, you just said a minute ago that the sword of the Spirit is the rhema. The sword of the Spirit is the rhema. When he's going to use the logos, the message. See, I'm trying to tell you what he's going to use when he uses the rhema. I'm trying to, to let you understand what, when, when I'm using the rhema, what am I using? He is using the message that is the rhema. It's alive when it's logos, but by the time it hits rhema, it is now a sword that is used in up-close battle. He says, the logos of God is alive and active and sharper than any two double-edged sword. It can pierce and divide soul and spirit. The Logos. Now, why do you need to divide soul and spirit? Why do they have to be separate? Because the spirit and the soul is your invisible world. Your visible world is what's physically going on around you. It's your body. Your invisible world, the world where you are truly alive, is made up of your soul your personality, your emotions, and spirit, the God presence in you. See, when you become a Christian, it says that God's spirit now lives inside of you. So he says, this thing, this message of God, this logos, is so sharp that it can slice the invisible realm to separate soul and spirit. Now, why does God want the message, the Logos, to separate your spirit from your soul? It's a good question. Because your soul gets in the way of the spirit. See, your personality, how you were raised, your perspective keeps getting in God's way. Your cultural preferences, your social alliances, your information feeding tube, your friendships, even your family circles, your finances, your past hurts, your past failures, your past successes, all of them can get in the way of God's spirit. So what God is doing, God has to slice you in the unseen Slice your soul from your spirit so that your spirit can break through. We have so tangled our souls with God's spirit that we keep getting in his way. Our stuff keeps getting in his way. The church is not political. And I know right now this is an issue that a lot of people are struggling with. Please hear me. If your thinking is regarding church and Christ and politics have to be combined, we are wrong in that. The church is not a political platform. Stop using it or allowing it to break up the body of God. That's not what God wants. God wants to use the Logos the message, and that was just one part of it, but God wants to use the message to get you out of the way. And I hope this message is going to speak to you today. We have to get out of the way of God's Spirit, our thinking, our background, our ways. 
He wants to get you out of the way. And the only thing that can get you out of the way is the message of God. But your heart has to be open to the message. When, when we are preaching and when, when we are, are bringing you the word, your, your heart has to be open to hear the message of God. Otherwise, it will just remain graphite and that won't change you. See, that's another reason why, why the church matters. Why it's so important to have a body of believers speak into each other's lives with the message of God because it separates soul and spirit. So when you hear the message from God's word and it dawns on you, what you thought and what God says is not the same. When you come to the place where you realize, man, my thinking regarding this thing is different than what God's spirit is saying about it. You have just been sliced and diced. When you hear the word and you discover that your perspective and what mommy taught you or daddy taught you or social media taught you, disagrees with what God says and you think, man, I had this all mixed up. I had this all in God's name and in my soul when God had nothing to do with it. I had this in God's name and my thinking and God's got nothing to do with this. That means we have to go and we have to repent. Say we are sorry, God. Sorry for getting you involved in stuff that's bringing damage to your great name. We have to change our thinking and that will change our behavior. Because for many of the things where we are involving God, doing it in His name, doing this on His, His behalf, God is like, I have nothing to do with this. That's not me. And I'm hoping that you will allow the message, every message that you listen to, trust God's Spirit to slice and dice. Get rid of the things that's not from Him. So the message, it's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's piercing and penetrating down to the invisible level. And it's able to discern and judge. It is able to discern the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Here's the problem with Logos for many of us. This is what we struggle with. The problem with Logos, the message, is that it not only attacks what you do, but it attacks what you think, how I would do things. The message attacks our ways. It gets down into your thinking, but it even goes deeper than that. The message goes down to the intent, the reason why you are thinking this. It says, for the word of God is active and alive Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, God knows what you are thinking and why you are thinking it. And it's with the message that we get sliced open to reveal our wrong thinking that is in disagreement with God's spirit. See, the word's goal. The, the purpose of Logos, Logos is there to expose. It's God's MRI machine. If all you get when, when you listen to a message is what you hear in the external, you're just hearing the stuff around you, and all you, 
and all you do is kind of go away from there and nothing's changed, it's really that you've only received graphite. Then you did not receive Logos. But when the truth hits you, when you run into Logos, it's confronting because the message is given. It confronts us with where we are at. Jesus is called the Logos in John 1. So when Logos, when Jesus the messenger hits you, he presents God to you. And that should cause you to bring change to you so that your soul is no longer in conflict with the Spirit of God. That's the message. The message is powerful. But the sword, let's get back to that. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is the rhema of God. Now, rhema, and I want to explain this. I just want to do it in such a way that I hope you understand this and that you get this and that you use this. Rhema is the word of God uttered um, or used. Graphe is written. Logos is the message of what's been written. Rhema is the use of the message. The application of what you get taught on Sundays. The application of what you hear in your podcast. See, when you pull rhema out, you pull out the spirit because the sword is the spirit. It's the sword of the spirit. Rhema is the, the, the sword of the spirit. When you pulled out rhema, that's when the word that you have, you've been giving a word, a message that you've received, becomes the message that's delivered to you. And then in a short battle conflict, what you're going to do is you're going to have something that you can use when the enemy starts to attack you. It is a message that you've been given. <clears throat> what the Spirit wants you to use, it's not just to, hey, I've listened to many podcasts this week, you know, and there have been some great teachings. But, um, you know, I went to church on Sunday. There's been some great teachings at church regarding this on Sunday. I've heard messages regarding relationships and families and, and, and marriage. And I've heard this. I've heard that. I've heard great messages. And those messages are inside you. They've, they've actually started triggering your thinking, your soul and your spirit. But that remains Logos. When it turns <clears throat> excuse me, into rhema, when it turns into a dagger, is when you take that message in regards to forgiveness and you make that phone call. That turns the message of forgiveness into rhema. That message becomes applied to your life. It is when you take the message about being a servant and extend instead of just wanting others to serve you, it's when you take that word and you start serving others. That is when, when Logos becomes Rhema. See, the, the devil, and, and this is why I think many of us, you, me, we, we have the same problems over and over again. Because we are not using the sword of the Spirit. It's like when the devil spoke to Adam and Eve, he attacked the Word of God. He said, as God really said, as God really said, let's talk about what God said. Let's talk about God's Word. 
and he knew if he, if he could mess up the use of the word, the message, he could mess up their purpose and God's directions and plans. If it could mess up God's word, if I get them to, to not use God's word, see, the devil loves hearing you say the following. Well, I think. Well, my opinion regarding serving others are that we should just limit it to a little bit. Uh, you know, I know the word says that, that we should bring our offering and our tithe to our storehouse. I know that's what the word says, but my opinion about it is, is really different. It's, it's really the same as what my daddy says, because my daddy really was somebody who didn't want to serve others and he didn't have a generous heart. That's why he said it. Well, my friends say, he loves hearing that. Because he knows there's no power in those words of, well, my friends say. He loves hearing you say, you know what, the newspapers say. He loves hearing that because there's no power and it leaves you powerless. Those words, it's like a dagger that is dull on both sides. But when you go rhema, when you take the Logos, the message that you are receiving right now, I am equipping you with a message right now that's going to enable you to use a dagger in up close and personal battle that will cause the enemy to flee from you. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is the rhema of God, it is the utterance of the Logos that you got from the graphite. When you take the Bible and you take this message and you use it as uttered, so I'm going to utter it, I'm going to use it. The enemy can't handle that and he has to flee from you. I'm going to show you one example in the Bible. Um, this is in Matthew 5 and I'm almost done. Matthew 4. And this is where Jesus is led into to the desert. It says in verse 4, then Jesus was, uh, verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to, to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, man, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So Jesus was led into the wilderness to face the devil. You can go, this is good news, you can go into the enemy's territory and you will be fine if you are dressed appropriately. See, the Spirit, the Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. Now, verse 3 says, The tempter came to him and said, Since you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, where is Jesus confronted with the temptation? Where does the devil meet Jesus? At the point of his problem. So the devil shows up at a specific time to address a specific need. And it is a legitimate need because Jesus was hungry. So what does he offer him? He doesn't offer him some ludicrous solution of, of you know, here is some clothes, or Jesus, here is a car. No, the solution is for the problem. Operation bread. Jesus, you need bread. You are hungry. Turn these stones into bread, and you will no longer be hungry anymore. See, his solutions was for the specific problem, which is so relevant to us in our lives. The enemy doesn't show up in your life um, 
at irrelevant times with irrelevant solutions for problems you are facing. Whenever you are confronted with a problem, there will be solutions for that problem, but it comes from an enemy. So Jesus answered the enemy and he says the following, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does Jesus not do? Jesus does not get into a long meeting and say, let's have a discussion regarding this. Let's have some dialogue regarding this. Now, Jesus' answer to the enemy is the following. Short, up, close, and personal battle. The enemy was up on him. And what does Jesus do? He pulls out the sword of the Spirit, and he uses the one for up, close, and personal battle. He says, it is written, ah, the living word, Jesus. He goes, it is written. Now, if Jesus, the living word, needed to use the written word to deal with the enemy of the word, then how much more do you and I, who have written a no word, need to use that same word against the enemy of the word? We need to have the same actions, learn from Jesus on how he got victory in life. And we need to apply that to our lives. We are not better than Jesus. Jesus didn't even go against the enemy based on, you know, devil, you know what I think regarding this? My thoughts regarding, and listen, Jesus' thoughts were perfect. If there's anybody who could have gone against a devil with his own thoughts, it should have been Jesus. But Jesus did not. Jesus went to listen. Graphi says, and because I know what Graphi says, and that message has been delivered, there is a message from Graphi. I'm going to quote that message that is alive and active, and that is the sword that I'm going to use against your attack right now. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy. See, Jesus, and this is all what's so awesome when people say, you know, uh, you shouldn't use the Old Testament. That's nonsense. The whole Bible is there as a message for us to use and apply to our lives. It is a living word that is active and piercing. Apply the Bible. So Jesus was in the New Testament, but he reaches for a passage in the Old Testament to a passage that dealt with the same situation he's currently facing in the New Testament because the New Testament hasn't been written yet. So he's hungry and the devil says to him, I've got a feeding plan for you, got a feeding program. And Jesus goes, no, ah, Deuteronomy 8 where Israel is crossing the desert and they are hungry and they called out to God. And it said, God rained down bread from above and it's called manna. And he rained down food from above and God met them in their hunger in a supernatural way. The devil was offering to solve the problem through a satanic mean. God offers to solve it his way. The enemy wants to solve it his way, but know for every situation and circumstances that you are going through, there is the God way of handling it. Both will be addressing the problem. But we have to make sure that the sword of the spirit that we are using to address the problem in the spiritual realm is the one that God have us use in that situation. The issue is who is giving me advice on how to address the problem? Jesus used Deuteronomy 8. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live from, from bread alone, but from every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. 
Then because of Jesus' response, the enemy couldn't handle that subject anymore. And he moves on to another subject. Then he takes him up to, to, a, to a place, a highest point, and he says, jump down from here. Jesus answers, it is written, we shall not test God. And then he takes the devil, took him to, to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says to him, all this I give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. He took him and, and something uh, this is so amazing. He took him and he showed him something which I think most of us would want. We would want this kind, this kind of solution for our problems where we become ruler over all of them. And, and the devil says, listen, all you need to do is get down on your knees and worship me and I will give you the whole world. The whole world will be yours. And Jesus goes, ah, it is written. Away from me, Satan, for it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now what I find, and then it says after this, the angels of the Lord came and they ministered to Jesus and Jesus was looked after and Jesus came out of that and his ministry started out of that, which is amazing. See, even though the solutions of the enemy was so appealing, Jesus used God's, it is written, the message from the graphic. And after he used the message from the graphic, God ministered to Jesus personally for the needs that were required. Jesus didn't just study the Bible. He knew the Bible. He knew what he said, it said, but he applied it in the appropriate times for the appropriate situations. I hope you get this. Jesus said it is written three times. The devil couldn't handle it and he was gone. And you say, why isn't the devil leaving me alone? I think it's because he knows you are not saying it is written. You are not using the rhema word in your battles. He knows you won't bring it up. You will start talking about my neighbors done this and my doctors said this and my family line was this and my Facebook group, they've given me this information and my education said, he doesn't have to leave you alone. He can just hang around with you the whole day because he knows you will not use the thing that will give you victory in the spiritual realm. You read the graphite so, so that you can understand it the Logos, so that you can get the message from it, so that your soul and your spirit will be separated, where God's truth will come in, and that will be the truth that you're going to stand on. And then when you get to that place, that is what you're going to use, the rhema in the short battles and these attacks that you are under. It is to be used. The Bible, the word is to be used, not just to be read. It is to be used, not just to listen to right now, not just to have understanding in it. It is to be used. See, the enemy and all his reps, they will keep plaguing you until you start using the rhema of God. And, and the rhema of God is to be used on the enemy. See, when the word gets driven to the spiritual realm and it's used there, it is transforming and you have a sword and God wants you to speak spirit-filled words. But if we don't open the graphite, 
And if we don't get the Logos, we won't have a rhema and you can't make up a rhema. Stop spending your time in newspapers. Start spending it in God's word. Stop spending your time on Facebook quotes and TikTok and Pinterest and start spending it in God's word. How educated are you on it is written? How educated are you on the message that's being delivered? If you have something this powerful to deal with an enemy in up close personal battle, why don't you use it? Let's use it. Apply it to your life. And the last thing, and this is what we're going to finish with, is Jesus, it said, and Jesus said, and Jesus said, and Jesus said, and in all his comments, it didn't say, and Jesus was thinking to himself. Hmm, it is written. Jesus was just thinking this. No, it said, Jesus said. And this is kind of the part which I felt God was leading to me this week. I was asking God, God, what word is there that you want to give me, that, I, that, that you want to give to your body, to your people, that they have to grab hold of? What word is there that, that you want to give them that's going to make an impact and a change and a difference in their lives? And this is the word of the Lord to you. Stop just thinking it. Start speaking it. Wherever you are right now. I know some of you might be around family members, a little bit awkward to do it, might feel a little bit hard. Don't do it right now then. Um, maybe you are driving your car alone and you can do it right now as you are listening to me. I want you to start speaking the Logos, the message that you've heard regarding your victory, regarding your life, regarding your relationship, regarding your children and your home and your finances. Right now, if you can, if you are in a place where you can do it, I want you to speak out the message that you've heard before. Speak out the Logos. Turn the Logos into Rhema. Turn the Logos, this word that has, that's power and active and that's just quivering in your sword belt holder, sword holder on your belt. Pull it out and the pulling out and using it as you starting to speak it into your situations right now. Speak the message of God over your life. For me, the most powerful times I've had in my life and have in my life is when I go out and speak out God's message over circumstances. So where you are right now, I want to speak towards marriages right now. Where you are, I'm going to speak God's word over marriages right now. But I want you to do this week, test it for this week. Go and speak God's word regarding your relationship for this week, just speak it out loud while you're driving your car alone, while you're doing laundry at home, while you're making food, while you're outside, or you can't cut the grass, but you could do something. Go do something and speak God's word. Turn the Logos into Rhema. It is a sword. It's available, but you have to use it because if you do, the enemy flees. So here we go. Marriages. Thank you, God, for marriages. And I just want to pray for every marriage, every married couple that is listening to this message right now. 
I want you to know, God says, I am for marriage. I am for relationships. I am for husband and wives. I am for the joining of two. And where two people have gathered together to join in front of me, I will be with them. So Father God, from, from husband's side, I want to speak over wives. I want to say thank you, Father, for making woman and our wives beautiful, that she is mine. She's my wife. She's your wife. Speak over your wife. Thank you that she's my wife. Thank you that she is beautiful to me. Thank you that I can honor her and respect her and support her and lift her up. Thank you that she is valuable and precious and beautiful. Thank you that she is gloriously made in your sight. Thank you, Father God, that she is joined to me. She is my partner. And thank you that no attack from the enemy will have any effect on our relationship. Thank you that what you have joined together, no man, no enemy, no devil will separate. And thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy and for your covering over our marriage. God, I want to speak from the wife's sides over husbands. Thank you, God, that you've made men to be men. Thank you that this is my man. This is my husband. Thank you that, that he is the one that you've given authority over the home and that I can trust him to do things your way. Thank you for the respect and the honor and the, the love and just the emotion that I have for my husband. Thank you that I'm there to support and love and encourage and build him up. Thank you that I'm there for his dreams and his passions because they're gonna to lead towards you. Thank you that you are protecting his thoughts and his eyes and his ears. Thank you that you are protecting his heart and his health and his strength. And Father God, I'm thankful that you are the covering of our relationship. So for every marriage out there today, I want to speak God's rhema word over you and say, God is for your marriage. Fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for it. Take the sword. Take the rhema and pierce the enemy if he's coming at you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. We love you. Use God's word. Use God's word. It will change your life. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.